I had someone tell me last week, if you see me looking at my phone during your message, um, I'm actually not reading the Bible or taking notes. I'm looking up the gifts on Amazon. Uh, so I want you to hang on to that just for a moment. And I want you to zero in because uh, we're continuing this series called The Gift. And the gift is Jesus. But he's also the gift giver to us. And so we want to see what he has for us and what this season can be. So as we dive into this today, I want to do a, a quick little survey. Okay, when it comes to, to gifts uh, and presents around this time of year, and I want you to participate. This is going to be a survey, just kind of, kind of raising of hands. Um, here's the thing. Do you shop early and have everything dialed in and ready, or do you wait until the last minute? So how many of you are shop early kind of people? Okay. How many of you are, you love the hunt and the thrill of the last minute shopping? Anyone here like that? Yeah. Interesting how that splits between men and women, but you know, I'll just let that be. How many of you are the neatly break the tape, wrap up the paper, save the bows, and how many of you are just like the rip it off? So neatly doing the presents, unwrapping, yeah? How many of you are the just get it done, take the paper off? All right. How many of you open your family gifts on Christmas Eve? Any Christmas Eve families? Yeah. I grew up, we were a Christmas Eve family. How many of you are Christmas Day opening up? Okay, the majority of you here. All right, here's the last question. How many of you like watching people open the gifts you give or... You just want to open your own, like just like, you know, hey, just I want to focus. Uh, and it's not a selfish thing. It's just kind of how you're wired. So how many of you enjoy watching people open the gifts you give? And how many people just want to open your own? All right. That's all right. That's all right. So I will tell you, I know that this has changed for me over the years. And I think probably for most of us, it, it, it does, because when we're kids, we're, we're much more impatient and we're much more dialed in, in here. And I remember growing up, uh, again, we were a Christmas Eve present kind of family. And so we would have a Christmas Eve dinner. And then the adults in the room would say, well, let's, well, let's clean everything up. And as a kid, you're like, clean up? Are you serious? I mean, there are presents under the tree. Let's go, people. We got presents, though. But, you know, it's like nobody wants to sit around and clean things up. I mean, there was just this impatience there. But as I've gotten older, I got to tell you, I don't really care much about gifts for me. In fact, it kind of drives my, my kids crazy. They're like, is there anything you want? You know? And it's like, huh? actually, the things that I want you, you can't give, right? I want the Niners to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I wanted Aaron Judge to go to the Giants. I mean, I, I, I wanted all kinds of things, but my kids can't give me those. And like other little stuff, it's like, it doesn't really matter that much. But man, I love watching Gina open something that I've thought about and that I've planned. And I'm one of those people, in fact, I was, I wrapped yesterday morning some gifts that I had for her and put them under the tree. And uh, she, she came out and I said, there's some gifts under the tree. I mean, I love, you know, just like the anticipation of that. I love watching my grandson open something that he's been hoping for. And there's this internal 
satisfaction. There's something in those moments when you're watching that happen that it's like, you know, things are good, you know. Even if there's things that aren't good that are going on, there's something in that. There's a happiness. There's, there's a joy that I sit with. And joy is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because it's connected to happiness. I know some people say, they're completely different things. Well, they're not completely different things. They, they are tied together, but it's, it's more than just happiness. I think, I think joy is, is something deeper and internal. It, it's almost like the difference between something that's had artificial flavoring added and then compared to like the flavor of the, the actual thing, right? It doesn't mean that the artificial flavoring is, is bad, it's just there's something about the real thing that's, that's so much more. It's like, have you ever had Baco bits? Yeah? And what if, what if the only experience you ever had with the flavor of bacon was Baco bits, right? And, and, and you would say, it's pretty good. I like them. I like them on salad, you know. It's good to have like on this or whatever. And you think, yeah, I really like it. And then one day, someone brings you some slices of real crispy thick-cut bacon. I know I shouldn't do that at 9.30 in the morning, but I mean, imagine that. And, and you ate those and you went, oh, wait, hold the phone here. And it's not that the first flavor was bad. You, you maybe even actually liked it. But man, when you had the real stuff, it, it, just, went, it just went beyond just the flavoring. I think in some way, and that may be a silly example, but in some way, happiness and joy kind of resonate like that. Happiness isn't artificial, it, it's good. But joy is deeper. Joy is soul-filling. Joy goes beyond the circumstances that we may be facing, and it goes to the very core of us. And today we're looking at this idea of joy, and not complicated joy, but simple joy as we celebrate at Christmas all that is centered around Jesus, right? Born in a stable, wrapped in strips of cloth, laid in a feeding trough, right? I mean, how much more simple can it be? And he's the source of true joy. And in this series we've been in, we've been looking at this gift of Jesus to see what all comes with him. And we began this whole series by talking about the uncomplicated grace of our loving Father and how as humanity we've tended to overcomplicate God's grace in putting all the reasons why we believe we could simply never obtain it, right? We say things like, I don't measure up or I've messed up too, too badly or you know, I, I've done too many things, how could God respond to that? Or, or my shame and my guilt run too deep to even bow my head and pray. And those examples ring true for us because we don't measure up and we probably have messed up pretty badly and our guilt and shame are, are likely too overwhelming for us even to bow our heads and pray. But the good news is, is that grace isn't dependent on us, it's all on him. Because remember, we can't earn or behave our way or work our way into an intimate relationship with the Father. 
So he sent his son, Jesus. And that's why we celebrate his birth at this time every year. Because as the Bible says, unto us a savior, a rescuer is born. And God himself sent his son, the second person of the Trinity, to come to earth as a baby to bring reconciliation and restoration between God and humanity. He bridges the gap that's been broken by sin. And in this series, we've talked about Jesus being born as this gift of pure love. Pure love. Because you can't separate God from love. He is love. It's his character. It's his foundation. It's his identity. It's not just an add-on, not just something that he, he works up when he, he maybe feels like it. But he loves us in the deepest, clearest, purest way ever. And he proved it when he sent his son as the gift to us. And today we're going to dive into this idea of, again, joy. Now, I know that joy means different things to different people and sometimes even affects us in different ways. Sometimes joy is tender and calm and and peaceful. It's this inner sense that just kind of radiates in us. And sometimes joy is exuberant and exciting and it's celebratory. It can be all of those things together. We have this uncanny ability as human beings to to hold things that seem different or opposite and yet fully engage with them both. And when I think about how Gina and I feel when we give gifts and presents to one another and to our kids and to our grandson, and then I think about this season of Christmas, my, my head immediately goes to, I wonder what our heavenly father thought when his son was about to be born when this young virgin named Mary and her husband Joseph were, were there and, and, and here it comes. It must have been this kind of bittersweet moment as humanity is now unwrapping the gift of Jesus. And Jesus takes his first breath of oxygen, oxygen that he created. But also knowing the reason that he came was not to stay as an infant or a toddler and just be one more little boy in the mass of humanity, but he came to give his life as a sacrifice for our sin and our brokenness. And I wonder what what our Heavenly Father was engaged in. I wonder what the angels were, were thinking as they looked on Jesus being born. Knowing his role and his position had been to be with the Father, to be in union with him, and now seeing God himself in human form as this baby. I don't, know, I don't know that we can really wrap our heads around that. And we know that there was an anticipation because of all the hints and the clues that God had been giving for centuries before it happened, going all the way back to Genesis and moving forward through the Old Testament, God began dropping the clues through the prophets about how he was gonna do it that it was gonna be a virgin birth and even the city in which it was gonna happen. Hints about a gift that was coming, a gift that was gonna change the world, a gift that we so desperately needed even if we didn't know it or wouldn't admit it. A gift was coming and a gift arrived, Jesus, and he brought with him this pure love and this uncomplicated grace and this simple joy. 
Last week we talked about the angels and how they brought this message to the shepherds. In Luke 2, 10, it says this, the angel said, I bring you good news that will bring what? Great joy. To who? To a few people? No, to all of us. To all people. And notice they didn't say good news of great happiness, but good news of great joy. See, oftentimes we take this happiness and joy thing And again, I know that they are linked together and there's this connection between them. But what we sometimes do is, my circumstances are good, everything seems to be flowing my way, so today I'm happy, so I must be filled with joy. And then we face challenges or we face hurt or we face grief. Or maybe today is just not going well and so there's no real sense of happiness that we have We're not happy that things are going sideways. We're not happy that stuff's happening in my marriage or we're not happy that things went, you know, went south at school on a certain day or you messed up your final or whatever. We're not happy about those things. But what we do then is say, so I must not have joy. And that's not what it's really all about. The Bible even talks about our joy of salvation that because of Christ, there is an inner joy that is possible. You and I have experienced the power of God putting together the brokenness of our lives and of our past. And we've all been broken, right? And so when things happen to us that should bring about stress and fear and anxiety and worry and sadness, and maybe they do bring those things, We can also, right in the middle of that, experience joy because we know who's ultimately in control and we know who loves us more than we can even imagine. And we know who's offering a hope beyond this life. And there's something deeper in that. First Peter says this, you love him even though you've never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. You love him even though you haven't seen. It's like when we're facing those things, it's like we don't know how this is gonna work out. We don't know how we're gonna, gonna make it through this. We could be overwhelmed by circumstances and yet he says there's this rejoicing that goes on because of this inexpressible joy because we can trust him even if we can't see him in a circumstance. So guess what? we're going to experience sadness. And there are gonna be times we experience deep grief. There's times that we're gonna walk through situations that are painful and heartbreaking. But there is something in the middle of that that Christ offers us. That we can choose to live in this joy that he's got us. That we're not alone. And I would tell you, if it was within my power, I would hand out joy at Christmas like Oprah hands out cars, right? (laughs) You get joy and you get joy. I mean, wouldn't that be great just to be able to have that, that power? But the truth is, is that God's offering joy to you and to me. And it is through Jesus. 
It's not through a shift in perspective. It, it's not here's the, here's the five ways to do it. It's not somehow trying to manufacture it or, or get it in place. It is all through Jesus. He's the gift and the gift giver. So I'm going to give you a couple things. If you have your sheet, I want you to write these down. The first is this. In Jesus, I find the king of joy. He's the king of joy. It's his rule, it's his reign, it's his domain. That he's the one who offers joy. Do you know that the word joy is mentioned over 200 times in the Bible? One of those times was the shepherds when they received the, the good news of great joy. And that good news is still offered and still touching people today. We even have songs about it, right? Especially this time of year. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Here's the lyrics to that song. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sings. See, there's something deeper in that. There's another verse in that song that goes this way. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Now those aren't words from scripture, those aren't words from the Bible, but there is there's certainly a biblical principle here that if we're going to experience the joy that God intended for us, there's this receiving of the king that needs to take place, receiving of this savior and Lord to be the rescuer and savior and Lord and king of our very lives. And I know it's so easy to get busy and distracted during the season that we forget where our joy comes from. It's so easy to get caught up in everything that's going on around us that we forget what's really important. The true meaning of joy can be lost in presents and decorations and parties if we're not careful. There's nothing wrong with those things. But I think we all realize they can distract us. They can pull us away from, from remembering like what this is really all about. And our work and our family obligations, our personal dreams, our, our responsibilities, our, our, our own physical health, all those things are important, but they can distract us from truly pursuing Jesus if we focus more on them than we do on our Heavenly Father. Here's the truth of the matter. We can never experience the intended joy that Jesus brings by forgetting what's most important. Sometimes forgetting what's most important can cost us a little, and sometimes it can cost us a lot. If you know the story of King David uh, in the Bible, he was called a, man's, a man after God's own heart. His desire more than anything else was to, was to honor and please the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That was, that was his desire. But he went through times where he got his eyes off of that and he got it onto what he wanted and, and he decided to take control and he was gonna make it happen. And in Psalm 51 and eight, here's what he prayed. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Now this wasn't God pounding him like God broke him for no reason. This was his sin that had broken him and he faced the full consequence of him saying, I'm gonna do my own thing, forget about what God wants. And he says, oh God, I don't know how it got to this, but I wanna live 
in your joy again. And just a few verses later, he says this, restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. This is all centered around a time when, when David lost track of that is when he pursued Bathsheba and he messed up his own life and he messed up somebody else's life and he, he did all those things all because he just, he just wanted what he, he really couldn't have and so he was gonna make a way for that to happen. And he ended up so convicted for what he had done, so wrecked by his sin that he lost his joy and he knew that the source of his joy was gonna be found in one place only in serving his king. That joy that David was, was pleading with God to restore in his life, that true joy entered our world. It's Jesus. And let's not be forgetful of, of that, that it's this, it's this gift from God. He gave us his son so that we could know the king of joy. Write this down for number two. In Jesus, I find joy and I find life. I can tell you this, there is absolutely nothing that will give you or I more fulfillment in this one life that we've been given than surrendering ourselves to Jesus. Nothing is gonna compare to that. As much as we would like to believe it, nothing will compare. There really is no true joy in winning the lottery. And some of you are going, I know. But I'd like to try, just. <laughs> Just, just once, I'd like to try, You're right? We, we know that and then we think, well, but, but, but maybe. And then you read about celebrities and business tycoons and all these people that have everything. And then you see families and marriages torn apart by trauma and mistrust and you read about just this past week, um, someone who wasn't huge, big star, but, but regularly seen on television, committed suicide. And you wonder, so they have all of that and something is missing. And I will tell you that something is Jesus. We could have all of the stuff, right? You, you, could, you could finish your bucket list. You could, you could marry the, the perfect person. And I do that because in case you didn't know, there's no perfect person, right? We could climb the top of whatever career ladder we think of. We could have the salary or the home, the right degree, the social status. And I will tell you, you will find happiness for a season, but it won't give you the true joy that only Jesus can give. If you're a student or a young adult, I will tell you this, it's not being the biggest social media influencer, it's not having the best grades or getting accepted into the best schools or even winning some championship trophy. And I'm gonna tell you, those can all be wonderful, great goals. There's nothing bad in and of themselves. But if you're thinking, that will finally bring me satisfaction and purpose and joy in life, you will be sorely disappointed. Because as great as those things are, deep joy can only be found in Jesus. In John 16, it says this, ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Jesus is the king of joy and he brings to us a joy that, that goes beyond just kind of 
Again, that sense of happiness. Jesus lived a joy that refused to bend to the wind of hard times, a joy that held its ground against circumstances and pain, a joy that extends into the eternity for each one of us. 2,000 years ago, the Jews were looking for a political leader who would, who would kind of lead them out of Roman rule. And they thought that would be the thing, that would be the key. And others followed Jesus, hoping that he would deliver them from sickness and physical hardships. So this announcement from the angel to the shepherds was about the Savior who was coming, not to bring relief from the Romans or just to kind of cure some things that they were going through, but to deliver them to true life. It was to experience a clean slate, a new start, a do-over. So my grandson has this uh, little tablet, not like an iPad or anything like that, just this little kind of cheap thing, and it's, it looks like it's, it's black, and it's not really a screen, it's like this magnetic thing. It's kind of like a modern-day Etch-a-Sketch, right? Some of you guys know that. And so what he does is he has this little pen, and he can write all over it, and it has these colors that are kind of on the thing below, and he will do that, and man, it, it's amazing. Now, if I have the pen, it gets pretty sad and ugly drawings and all those things, but you know what's cool about the tablet? Down at the bottom, you press this button and the whole tablet immediately erases and starts over. Do you know that that's actually what God offers us? A complete new start, a clean slate, full forgiveness so that we can experience a changed life. The life that in a God moment can change us forever. Write this down for the last one and we'll close. In Jesus, I find joy and freedom. Remember that joy is found in Jesus and that true joy comes when we claim his as our king. And that true joy comes when we surrender our lives to him. Freedom from sin, freedom from guilt, freedom from shame. And when we make the decision to leave our old life and walk in this new life of freedom, the Bible says there's even joy in heaven. Luke 15 says there's joy in the presence of God's angel when one sinner repents, when one sinner turns around and says, you're my king, I'm gonna follow after you. And maybe you're like King David this morning, your behavior and your attitudes and your actions and your motives haven't been the purest. And maybe you feel lost, and maybe you feel hopeless. And maybe you feel it's too late for you, but I wanna tell you, it's not. Because maybe your prayer this morning should sound something like this, when David said, oh, give me back my joy again, and let me rejoice. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey you. You can have that same transformation, the same hope, the same joy, all because of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? We've been doing this all through this month to pause and to extend the invitation and the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And maybe you've been trying to fill that void, that gap in your life. And you've maybe been trying with, with really, really good things working hard, making a certain amount of money, and having certain possessions or getting grades or whatever it might be. 
And those in and of themselves aren't bad. But you realize at the end of the day, when maybe you've attained all those things, that you're still you. And you're still trying to figure it out. Or maybe you've been trying to fill it and it's just become destructive. And addictions and hurts and habits and hangups just keep building up in your life. And you are trying to find a way through. No matter where you fall in that, can I tell you the answer is Jesus. He came to rescue and save you. So in just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask everyone to pray it along with me. But if you're sitting here this morning and you're just thinking, I am tired of striving and running. I'm ready to come to Jesus. If that's you, just right now with no one looking around, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep your hand up. Yeah. Yeah, I see you back there. Yeah, I see you. Would you just pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. And thank you for giving your life so that I can be made new. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my past. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for this, this time and this season of Christmas and Advent when we, we recognize that, that you, you came and we continue to look forward to that and celebrate it and take hold of it. Well, Lord, I pray that we would once again be reminded you didn't come to stay a baby. You came to give your life so that we could be forgiven. And then you rose again so that we can have life. Father, we thank you for your gift. And thank you that you continue to give good gifts to us. We love you and we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? If you prayed that prayer today, maybe you raised your hand, maybe you didn't, I don't know. But, but in here, which is the most important part, you took that step to say, I want to know Jesus. I'm going to encourage you to text this word decision to 209-667-5433. You're gonna get a text right back, give you some resources. We wanna reach out to you. We wanna just be praying for you because what you did today is earth shattering. It is eternity changing. It is life for you. And we just wanna be praying with you. Let me, let me leave you with this, Romans 14. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat, or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're invited to. Hey, if you're new to New Life, make sure you stop by Starting Point. If you want to find out more, go to the Orange Umbrella. But I hope that this week is a blessed week for you as you follow after Christ. Have a good day. You're dismissed.